Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Live in Conversation. Um, Now, before everyone has a whole fit um, and gets very, very confused, I just want to say that I am a little under the weather. I do have a bit of a cold. It is not COVID. I tested negative. Um, So yeah, I am feeling a little bit under the weather right now. Um, So if my voice is a little nasally or, you know, just sounds different... Um, you know, or if, you know, you hear me, like, coughing in the background, um, that is why. Um, so I do not have COVID. I am perfectly fine, aside from my nose being a little stuffy and, you know, a little bit of a sore throat here and there. But, uh, you know, um, I'm doing pretty good. Other than that, um, a lot has gone on, uh, this past weekend. Um, obviously the whole, uh, last minute aversion or evasion of a government shutdown, um, and it's kind of shocking. I definitely didn't see them, um, ultimately passing a resolution in the House. I did not see that happening. Um, I thought that, you know, the, the, um, the Republicans were all going to unite and they were going to vote no, and, you know, it was going to be a whole thing. Um, but it ended up passing. And I was very surprised by that, actually. Um, and, it seems that, like most of this dispute was caused because the Democrats and even some Republicans wanted to continue to fund Ukraine. And and here's the thing, right, about the whole Ukraine funding thing. I'm okay with Ukraine. You listen, all right? Like if a country's in need, I understand the fact that they might be requesting money, right? But here's here's my dilemma when it comes to a, a foreign nation asking for financial aid from the United States. And my issue with that, namely, is the fact that, you know, we have hundreds of thousands of people in this country who are homeless. Well, in the entire country, there's millions, millions that are homeless. There are millions that, you know are living paycheck to paycheck and just barely making it every single time. There are people who, despite having Section 8, despite having all of these these assistance programs paid for by the government, are still struggling. You know, these people have um, SNAP cards, they have EBT, they have Section 8, they have all of these resources being provided to them, they have welfare coming in, they have all this stuff, even unemployment potentially. All this stuff coming in, yet we cannot live. Many Americans are struggling. There are people who have to starve themselves to pay their rent. And that's, that's such a, an ultimatum. And I wish I could go up to President Biden myself and give him this ultimatum. Because he wants to keep funding this. I wish I could go up to him right now. And be like, there are people who are starving themselves to pay their rent. There are people who, despite having EBT, despite having the SNAP, the, the Section 8, the, the, um, the welfare, the food stamps, you know, whatever, you, whatever stuff, right? Despite having this assistance, it's not enough. It is not even remotely close to enough. What we could be doing is making it easier to obtain quality employment and a quality paycheck for that quality employment. We could be making it easier 
to not only have employment, but to have a paycheck, but not only just to have that, but to drive the prices down so things become more affordable. We shouldn't have to have our wages at like $20 an hour. But here's the thing. This is why Republicans complain about it so much. They're like, well, when the inflation eventually goes down, I mean, people are going to be making tons, you know? And to some degree, I understand what they're saying when it comes to that. You know, when the inflation eventually does die down, I don't see it happening anytime soon, unfortunately, but when it eventually happens, people are going to be making an arm and a leg if they're making $20 an hour. Compared to right now, if you're making $20 an hour, that's just barely enough to live. You know, in California, at least, you know, that's like barely enough to live. Mm. Hold on one second. I'm at that stage in the cold where I'm getting like mucus now. It's it's not fun. Um, but I'm still on here to give you an episode of the podcast. Um, since now I really have all the time in the world because I don't really have anything else planned now that I have a cold because I was scared that it was COVID at first and canceled everything out of instinct. And also out of past uh, PTSD, let's just say, um, from, you know, previous times. But uh, anyways, um, so that's my dilemma with it. You know, we have people who are really struggling, Americans who are struggling all across the country, yet we're giving billions of dollars to the Ukraine, to President Zelensky, to his army. And while I don't support what Russia is doing... And this is where a lot of people seem to get confused and disagree with me. I do sympathize with the Ukraine. I do. Because what's happening to them is absolutely atrocious. But what's happening to us is also absolutely atrocious. They're being invaded by a foreign nation. We're being invaded by poor economic decisions that our government made and is still making. That's the difference. Our problem could have been prevented very easily. Could have been prevented. Ukraine, one day magically, Russia just showed up and started attacking them pretty much. That's the ridiculous part to me. We could have prevented these issues decades ago, but we chose not to. Instead, our government chose to wing it. They said, ah, it'll be fine. The future generations can deal with it. It's not going to work because now this future generations that they were talking about have extremely high levels of debt, whether it be student loan debt, whether it be medical debt, whether it be, you know, to pay off a house, that sort of debt, whether it just be straight credit card debt. Americans have so much debt that they personally cannot pay back because of these poor economical decisions that our government was making. Now we're left with the mess to clean up. They expect us, the future generations, the generations of today and the generations of tomorrow, to clean up that mess. Oh, very interesting voice crack there, but to clean up that mess. They expect us to clean up that mess. They expected us to clean up that mess all the way back from 30 years ago. Some of us weren't even born yet. Some of us were little. But even then, 
they still expected us to pay back the debts. They expected us to reduce the deficit. They expected us to clean up their mess. That is pretty much though. That is pretty much what happened. They expected us to clean up their mess for them decades down the line. And we're tired of it. Because now that we realize that we had to take on their mess, we want to clean things up for good so that the future generation that comes after us doesn't have to clean up a mess that we leave. Obviously, Republicans don't seem to care as much about leaving a mess because they're the ones that left the mess last time. Well, not solely, but still, they were okay with leaving the mess last time. The difference that has happened since then is, is, you know, some Democrats, like myself at least, don't want to leave a mess. We learned our lesson. Well, I mean, obviously, I wasn't around when the previous mess was, you know, a thing, Um, but... I am old enough that I am a part of that generations, multiple generations that were expected to pick this up and clean up the mess that the government left behind. And I'm here to say we ain't cleaning it up. We're not going to keep allowing the previous generations to give the future generations the messes to clean up. We're going to start our problems and we're going to end our problems by ourselves. We should not be forcing future generations to clean up messes that we leave behind. And I can foresee, you know, certain circumstances where it it is kind of impossible to avoid. But if there is a circumstance where it is impossible to avoid, you know, leaving something to future generations to, um, you know, like clean up or to solve, then simply put, you should minimize the impact that it has on their lives economically, you know, primarily economically, because that's the only example that's coming to my mind, because that's what happened last time. You know, now Americans are so much into debt while inflation's skyrocketing and their paychecks are doing nothing but staying stagnant or even decreasing. I have a few friends that are actually teachers. Not a single one of them got a raise. And actually, pretty much every single one of them, except I think one or two, actually I think it was just one, actually had their paycheck decrease. Whether it be any, it was ranging anywhere from, I believe, $50 to $250. Or not $250, I think it was $150, but still. They had their paychecks decreased while our inflation is skyrocketing. And here's the thing, if their paychecks are decreasing, then the, the, um, the inflation should be decreasing as well. There should not be an instance where the inflation is skyrocketing and the paychecks are decreasing. If the inflation's skyrocketing, then your paycheck better be skyrocketing as well because it needs to hold its value. That is the issue that we have, is that we were forced into this inflation. We were forced into this inflation. This was not a decision every single American was like, oh, yeah, let's get inflation. You know, we didn't decide this. We weren't the ones that started inflation. We didn't want the inflation to happen. But it happened due to poor leadership and poor decision making. That's the cause of this. And what we need to do now is we need to make sure that people have the money to survive. 
We need to make sure that people have the money and the resources and the necessities for them to survive in this world with high inflation and low paychecks. You know, people should not have to rely dependently on food stamps and Section 8 and welfare. People should not have to rely on these programs to just barely end up surviving. Just barely. It's ridiculous. We should have a society where we shouldn't even need these programs. We should all be making good amounts of money. Our economy should be great. It is the poor decision-making of the generations prior and even the generations current, to some degree, that is causing this inflation to skyrocket, that is causing this economic disparities, that is causing economic stress and financial stress. I believe I saw a statistic, I think it was about 80-something percent of Americans, 70 or 80-something percent of Americans have constant economic stress. Constant. Not not occasionally, constant. Let, let's look up the statistic, because now I am interested. Let's see. Percentage of Americans with economic stress. Huh. All right, here it, here it is. Seventy seven percent of Americans are anxious or paranoid when it comes to their financial situation. Anxious, paranoid, uncomfortable. Point is, they're stressed about their financial situation. 77% of all Americans. 77%. That is astronomically high. And let's see what percentage of America... Let's see what percentage is working class Americans. The working class is about 30 to 35% of the country. Let's see lower income. So if we take the 35% plus the 29 of the lower income, we get around 64%. And obviously these those initial percentages are estimates and are pretty dated estimates. They're not, like, up onto this very moment. So, we're looking at this, and we're seeing that, quite clearly, the people that are stressed about their financial situation are primarily working-class and lower-income citizens. The rich do not care. They are not being impacted. And I've obviously been a very big supporter of raising taxes on the rich and on the upper class. And the reason why is because enough is enough, people. Enough is enough. We need to realize that we are struggling through an economic crisis that was caused by politicians making poor decisions and by rich people who negligently evaded their taxes. 
That is why we are in the situation that we are currently in. It is those two reasons that primarily make up the big reason for where we are now, economically, as a nation, and as individuals as well. Our economy, as, as Jasmine Crockett, I believe her name is, um, the, 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 the representative from Texas, um, the one that was talking about uh, Trump's fin- secret, is airing out the secrets at Mar-a-Lago. That lady. Um, again, I, I watched that speech, by the way. It was awesome. But anyways, it looks to me like the economy has gone in the shitter, as she would say. Um, it really has. Um, and, and we're just throwing that all to the side and we're just trying to cover it up. Instead of actually taking care of it, gas should not be like seven get seven dollars a gallon, six dollars a gallon. It should not be that expensive. You should not be paying ridiculous amounts of money for groceries that are necessity to survive. Um, for instance, I went to the store the other day, and I got I, I believe it was well not the other day, I went yesterday to the store. And I got, like, cough medicine, I got cough drops, I got, you know, like, the, uh, the Vicks, the, the Vicks rub, um, because that normally helps my nose, and I got some, some more allergy medicine, right? I, it, it cost me almost, like, $90. Might have been, like, 80-something. But still, it costs a lot of money. Let's actually, let's actually look... Let's look. Oh, I gotta reinstall the Walmart app, guys. Oh, no. (laughs) Because I believe I have my receipts somewhere on the app. Because I always get the the online receipts, I believe. Or the email ones. I don't know. It's, it's, It's probably somewhere in my Walmart app. Let's figure this one out, shall we? Oh, come on. Download. All right, um, all right, what is in my cart? Oh, we'll remove that. I don't need that anymore. All right, um, so let's add up all the stuff that I got. So, hold on. I got that one. All right, let's see. All right, um. This website is so annoying to work. Hmm. All right, cough drops. Chloroseptic spray, because I got that too. Um, I got the spray and I got the lozenges, so hold on. No, no, I only got the lozenges. They didn't have the spray, which is actually really rare. Normally, they always have the spray, but I guess not. Um, And then I got my allergy medicine.
Alright, um... Alright. And what I typically do, in all fairness, I do get a little bit extra of the stuff that I get. Like, for instance, my allergy medicine specifically is always sold out at my Walmart. I don't know why. I can never find it. But when I do find it, like I did yesterday, and I was so glad I found it because I was running low, I bought two of them. Um, so yeah. And it is extremely expensive, and I don't know why. Um, so yeah. My total was around like $95 for, what was it, cough syrup, a couple packs of cough drops, chloroseptic lozenges, which is like the stuff that like helps your throat, numbs your throat, you know, um, when you have the sore throat. Um, what else was there? And then there was just the allergy medicine, which I got two of the packs of. So, you know, that was a big part of it, of course. But still... The point is that, you know, it's expensive. A lot of stuff is incredibly expensive now. Like, it's insane. It's absolute madness, in my opinion. Um, It shouldn't have to be this way, but due to the poor decisions of the people that came before us, many of which are still in office to this day, we are now in this situation. And they show no, no sort of remorse for the situation that they actually got us into. Um, so I think it's time, personally, I think it's time that we take control back. I think it's time that we start getting these people out of Congress, getting these people out of their positions in office, And it's time we start electing new people, like myself, that actually understand the real issues. You know, we we don't need ridiculous amounts of money going to the rich. We don't need extremely high prices. None of this stuff is benefiting us. We we shouldn't have to pay $90 at at, at the Walmart for a couple things. We shouldn't have to pay that much. But we do, unfortunately, due to the poor economic decisions of our predecessors, namely. But also, this falls on Biden because it, it, it's happening due to him. But he is also from that predecessor generation. He's been a senator. You see what I'm saying? It all links up. He was vice president. He had the ability to, you know, have a good track record and he did not take that uh he didn't take that ability. He didn't take advantage of that situation. He didn't take advantage of his time to actually make good change. He didn't. Um so yeah. But um, you know, my point simply put is that we shouldn't have to live in a country or in a in a situation more particularly, in a situation um, where our economy is directly working against us. Um, We should have an economy that works for us. We should have a government that works for us. But instead, we have an economy and a government that works against us, rather than with us or for us. 
our government is becoming less and less representative and even more and more authoritarian because we have been electing moderates and because we've been electing um, the far right as well. And a lot of people are like, oh, but the far left, in a way, is authoritarian. But the difference is that their version of authoritarian is brutal. It is extremely unfair, and it has been shown to be just absolutely awful. Um, but in our, in our sense of authoritarianism, which is quote-unquote authoritarian... All we want is like universal health care, universal basic income. You know, we just want people to be able to survive economically with the, without constant economic stress. We want people to be able to survive. That's all we want is for people to be able to survive economically or well, for people to survive, period, but also to have the economy to support them so that they can stay alive and they, they can have a happy and healthy life. Like, I don't think that's that big of an ask, realistically. I mean, we can afford it. We can afford to do all this if we just start cutting the other programs that are not even working well, that are all, like, fine-tuned and specialized to specific demographics and groups, you know? If we get rid of all the specialized, specific programs and make bigger, more universal, universal ones, things would be a lot easier Things would be a lot better, but our government refuses to do that. Why? I, I don't know. Um, probably because the insurance companies are like, you know, paying them off. I mean, I have no clue. Um, but I, I just think it is absurd that, you know, we allow this to continue to happen. Um, and yeah. But anyways, um, that is the end of today's episode um, hopefully this cold goes away soon, uh, depending on how quickly this goes away. Um, I'm planning to record another episode later this week, so hopefully my cold is gone by then so that I can sound normal. Um, because, you know, I don't know, I just feel like I sound weird when I have the cold voice. Um, so yeah. But anyways, thank you for listening, thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you all next time. Bye.